This week's podcast brought to you by Social Security. When Christmas Day finally arrived, after the countdown calendar had counted down all those last 30 days to Christmas, it came, it was delightful, and it went, and Christmas night depression set in. And our 10-year-old said, and I don't remember what activity she had in mind, but she said, I know what we can do tonight so we don't get wrapped in the sadness of Christmas being over. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome back. Welcome back. We haven't seen each other since uh, before the holidays, or we're <laughs> pretending that we haven't. Right. Um, this is the 21st year of the 21st century. You can't wait for the 21st day. Well, I, 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 I couldn't until I realized that technically this is the 22nd year of the 21st century, since the year 2000 was presumably the first year of the, of the century. Oh, sure. And then 2001 would have been the second year. Right. But January 21st would be the 21st, uh, under my reality, the 21st year of the, 21st, 21st day of the 21st year of the 21st century. The 21st hour of that day, which would be what, 9 p.m.? Mm, yeah. The 21st minute of the 21st hour. So 9.21 p.m. on January 21st, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna you, set my alarm. You know, you're going to set your alarm and play this back. <laughs> and so you can have the same headache I have right now as my brain's trying yeah, to yeah. think of I'd be the these. only one. I'll be the only one who enjoys it. Okay. Um, and we're in a very, no, we're not a very different studio. We're in the same, we're in basement as always, but the basement is a little bit different. For Christmas, Santa Claus brought a heavy bag, a boxing heavy bag, mm-hmm. 40 pounds, the lightest of the heavy bags, I think, that I mounted from uh, a joist. We've we've dismounted the thing for the podcast so that we can see each other. But um, when our 12-year-old son punches it with the boxing gloves that he also received for Christmas, our family room directly above this part of the basement vibrates. Shakes, and it's, it's really loud. It actually shook a bowl, a plastic bowl, an in- inverted batting helmet off of an end table while the kids were eating goldfish. Yeah. So that's different. That, that is different. The other different element, of course, is the dining room table that we rolled down here. You may remember from a previ- previously on Ball that. and Chain yes. podcast. Yeah. Has become a distance learning desk for one of our kids mm-hmm. who is distance learning. Yep. She's back in-person learning tomorrow but these first two days since christmas break she has been distance learning from the basement and i think this happened to us maybe last year too um where you have this nice long christmas break and then the day you're supposed to go back there's a uh decent snowstorm so the kids had a two-hour delay which then meant our older kids whenever they have a delay they 
do distance learning. So the first day back from Christmas break, we had three children at home, (laughs) distance learning, and one child actually in school. Two of the kids at the same school, one of them was home distance learning and one of them had to attend school. It's become very confusing and only on day one. Also yesterday, Monday, as we record as we record this on Tuesday, yesterday, January 4th, uh, was my brother Tom of Tom, Dick, and Harry's, it was his birthday. And as with the inevitable snow day after a vacation, my brother was, Tom, was talking about having a birthday on the first day back from, the first work day back from vacation. I had texted them in advance. I said, do you have time to talk today? I'll give you a call to wish you a happy birthday. And he said, yes like from noon to one. And the problem with that birthday, of course, is, as he said, Facebook has everybody coming out of the woodwork to wish you a happy birthday, some of them calling or texting. And uh, you know that first day, work day back, after an extended vacation, you've already got a million emails and things to respond to. Right, and then you have on top of that people wanting to send their birthday well wishes. He said he wasn't complaining. It was just... just, uh, less convenient than having your birthday in the middle of uh, August. It's like the follow-up to an inconvenient truth, the less convenient birthday. That would actually probably be a good novel, the less convenient birthday. It would be a non sequitur to an inconvenient truth since that was about climate change. Um, It would also probably not be box office gold, (laughs) a less convenient birthday. But I like it. But if, if you were to watch it, in our family room, while our son was boxing, and 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 you had the vibrating joists to accompany, you 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 would feel a, a sort of a sense around. Do you remember sense around? No. The movie Earthquake in the nineteen seventies was was shown in sense around, so that the whole th- the, the, the the theater seats shook and vibrated. If that theater was equipped with sense around, how many theaters were equipped with? sense around and how many Not movies enough. actually used sense around i mean now you can go and have the 4d experience where your sh- seat shakes or well pre-covid where your seat would shake and then sometimes like a mist or a scent would come out of some part of the seat but i didn't even even, even, even know that existed I in saw, the 70s I, I took i took our our oldest daughter to see spy kids three or spy kids four one of the spy kids sequels on one of our special days when we used to take kids out individually to do something because certainly none of our kids got along well enough for them to do anything collectively and they didn't have the same interests. Uh, so sometimes we would take them out one at a time to do something. And I took her to Spy Kids 3, 4 maybe, and you were handed a little scratch card on the way in, a scratch and sniff card. And then you were supposed to scratch it at certain parts of the movie and, and sniff it to, to smell Smell-o-vision. The popcorn or the whatever they were. I, I don't remember if any of them, it was if there was a bean-boozled kind of a thing where any of them were unpleasant smells. I imagine there, there were. But I would imagine popcorn wouldn't have been one of them since the entire theater would have already been right. smelling but like popcorn. But I can popcorn. tell you, everything smelled like a cardboard scratch card, and that was it. I mean... And, and that was when there was already, like, 4D, where many theaters in the country were equipped with actual, like chairs where smells would you know come out like a like an oil scent or something and instead they give you a scratch and sniff well, I think, like I, an essential oil i think smells would come out of those seats right. simply by <laughs> if you activated those seats movie theater seats in any way are, um, are any movie theaters in the country open i suppose some states i think some are probably um but but even before covid19 the pandemic theaters were on the ropes obviously yeah 
Oh, we mentioned the inconvenient birthday. That might be. Oh, that was the the less convenient birthday. Oh, the the less con- right, the less convenient birthday. That might be our poor oldest daughter. Our our oldest daughter is born on Christmas Day. She was born on Christmas morning, and it's sort of for her become like a less convenient birthday because of course she only has you know the other kids all have two days a year to look forward to they have christmas day and they have birthday for many years she thought it was awesome yes let's let's put it but but now it seems like it's a little less awesome and um but she turned 16 and so she was able to in the state of connecticut you can go for your permit test your driver's permit once you've turned 16 but of course you know, many kids go on their actual birthday. She couldn't do that because the DMV is not open on Christmas Day. And um, because of COVID, things were backed up. So I made her appointment back in, I think, August or September for her, her permit test. And um, a couple of my friends, fortunately, had mentioned to me, you have to make sure that you have the these original documents. You have to have the original Social Security card. You have to have the original birth certificate. Um, social security social social i'm having a hard time this morning social security card and um and fortunately i knew where that stuff was but one of our daughter's friends when she went her dad had his tax return with her social social security number on it was sean connery by any chance working the dmv the late sean connery i need to see your social security (laughs) card and uh but they got all the way down there and had a duplicate but did not have the original anyway they had to reschedule the appointment which was appointment which as i said is difficult to do because it everything's already backed up still from covid-19 the pandemic so drove her down there um december 30th she she had her appointment and drove her down there to take it's just a written test i guess in some states you just take it from home on your computer but here you have to go to the dmv to do it and um this dmv all they do are permit tests um and so I brought her in, show them the documentation. Then they whisk her away and they tell me, you know, just follow the the like tape arrows that are stuck to the floor until then just go wait in your car. So as I'm sitting there waiting in the car, um, I see a girl and her father get out of this giant pickup truck. And they're both, and, and, and the other thing that I learned is um, you get your picture taken when you get your permit and then that's the same picture they're gonna use for your license. So. I see this daughter and her dad get out of the car and, you know, she's got a nice outfit on. She's clearly done her hair and her makeup to get her photo taken. That will ultimately be her driver's ed photo or her, sorry, her license photo. Three minutes later, the girl and her dad have exited the building, are coming back to the car, and she looked furious. They were not speaking to one another. Um, He went to his side of the giant pickup truck to climb in. And as he did, like I could literally see her mumbling stuff under her breath. And I was just thinking, ah, that's a dad who didn't bring the right paperwork because you could tell they were leaving. Um, They were going to be rescheduling their appointment. And she indeed was not going to get her um, driver's permit slash license photo taken that day. But the DMV administrator with a license to kill said, I'm sorry, this is not the right social security <laughs> card. Yeah. You know what was kind of surprising? I mean, it was a small building, and it was only, and, and you had to wait outside. It was a really cold day. So, that you know, there's a couple of us in line, and there's places marked outside. There's a security guard outside. He's the first one to greet you when you go inside. 
Um, again, a small building. There's another security guard. There's a big sign, no cash on the premise. This is a cashless, you know, facility or whatever. And Imagine now, sticking up a DMV. Well, that's I've never thought of the DMV. Waiting in, as waiting a, in line for three hours with <laughs> with like a, a number, waiting like, for your number to be called. Like, why would anyone ever stick up a DMV? What are you trying to get? Like a bunch Checks. of stuff laminated. Like, right. Perhaps. W- what would be the reason to stick up a DMV? It, it was. It was. And there, the signs were everywhere. There was there was a strong security presence, and especially this one, where the only people who are supposed to be there are, are presumably kids getting their driver's permits. Um, anyway, yeah, that that part of it I found uh, found interesting. What what if what if uh, if that girl was furious in the pickup truck because she thought she was going to visit the DMB, the Dave Matthews Band. And when she got there, she found out she was at the DMV. Do you think there's any chance You think that's what it was? On December 30th, she thought she was going to Cheshire, Connecticut to see the Dave Matthews Band. (laughs) Well, even just seeing the Dave Matthews Band probably is a a preposterous (laughs) premise in this. Of course it is. Um, But yeah, she was was an unhappy teen. I'm going to revisit our last podcast, if that's okay with you. where we talked about how I had asked you to maybe go to uh, the post office to pick up some stamps when it wasn't busy because we needed to send out our uh, our Christmas cards, which, by the way... You, you segued seamlessly from the DMV to the post office. I like it. There was a Dave Matthews band in, in, in the middle. But uh, we talked about New Year's resolutions, and last year it was, you know, I was going to get our, our Christmas card out. And I will say... Why I was making the Christmas card, turned it into a New Year's card. The New Year's card was um, put in the envelope, addressed, return address stamped, the stamp from the post office all on and, the and out by December 24th. And and the, the uh, envelopes were licked and sealed. Don't forget that. Yes. And I did that, most of that. I, because I you declined the, to buy the self-adhesive envelopes they weren't offered of course i would have spent more for the self-adhesive envelopes but anyway on the podcast you had mentioned how i had asked you when the post office isn't busy if you could get stamps and you just thought that was preposterous well i went to the post office to get stamps this is a few days before christmas and i'll say i got them when it wasn't busy there was one other person at the post office barely had to wait in line got these christmas or holiday stamps um but the one other person who was in line? You're going to say something. Well, I, you understand it wasn't busy because people sending out Christmas cards had done so well before December well, 23rd. Of course. Which but is why our Christmas card became a... New Year's card. Yes. But but that has nothing to do with the story. The story was trying to ask you to go to the post office and you thought it was ridiculous that I had thrown in when, it's, I, when it isn't busy. I felt blamed there. <laughs> so, so, but the one other person in line at the post office was a mom and she had a baby in a car seat carrier. Um, was it a car seat or a car seat carrier? It was the car seat carrier. The box that the car seat came in? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, you carry yeah. it and then you go to the car and you plop it right in and, if and you're a dad, pick you, it right out. Or a mom. For an, you do curls with yeah, it sometimes. exactly. So she has the car seat carrier. And I would say, and it wasn't like a, ba- a, a brand new newborn. Um, you know, the, the baby, I would say, I don't know how, how old it was, but I would say it was probably about a 15 pounder. That was in this car seat carrier. A 15 pounder. 15 pounder. And then she had next to her, I assume, was the baby's older brother. And this boy was, 
I'm guessing two. And she was waiting in line at the post office. And I was just thinking like how much easier my life was at that moment because I was alone. The kids were, I think, at school. I was alone in line at the post office just going to get a little thing of stamps. And this mom had the car seat carrier in one arm holding her, her, her other son's hand um, with her other hand and then was doing whatever the interaction was when she got up to the to the um to talk but to that, the postal worker it was you know it's hard when you've got the little ones with but, you everywhere but that mom was also looking at herself as future mom because you were that mom behind the unencumbered mom uh at but one she point. didn't know that because it's not like i had grown kids with me um who then she could she could see that i could have just been some tall person also, buying stamps also you, sh- you should find a vacant storefront and open a small business called the unencumbered mom. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't know what you would sell. What would we sell? We'd sell um, essential oils. We would sell... No, sell non-essential oils. <laughs> right. It, what, who don't have to report during snowstorms. Yes. I, I mean, I, I used you, to... You winced in pain when I said that. No, I used to think about um, you know, how great it would be if more places had drive-through windows. Like... So you could just, um, and this is when I had a kid or multiple children, and one of them was in a car seat carrier. Like if all you needed was milk, it was such a pain, especially on a cold day, to get that baby out of the car, maybe wake him or her up to go in to the grocery store to get one or two things. I remember thinking, oh, it would be great if the grocery store had a drive through window or if this thing or that thing or the other thing had a drive through window just so you didn't have to wake up that baby in the car seat carrier. I haven't thought about that in years until just now. Like... I don't mind ever getting out of the car and going in and getting something because I'm not carrying a 15-pounder in a 10-pound car seat or and, whatever it is. And it can be hard to remember exactly what it was like when you were the encumbered mom <laughs> because it is so sleepless and so, uh, at the same time, a fast blur but a slow crawl that it, it is somehow hard to remember. I mean, even the the shows that the kids watched on Nick Jr. Um, it, it we we have a thousand home videos that the that our youngest likes to watch on your laptop, and I look at it like a like a lost world, even though it was eight years ago. Yeah, it's um, I, I, although. Like when I saw that mom, it did take me back to that place. And I certainly am not somebody who forget, who has forgotten how difficult it was at that time. Especially now if you're like I'm, on an airplane and, and there's, a, there's a crying it. kid. Oh, that, and that, that, that's the thing too. If I'm ever around a mom with a crying kid, I, um, I smile at them. Like if there's a kid in the seat in front of me, like I'll play peekaboo, I'll do anything because you know what, you know what that was like. And I just remember traveling and I would always um appreciate and generally um it was a woman uh who would be like in the seat behind because all of a sudden your kid who was super fussy that you're holding um would stop fussing and you could tell that they were distracted by something and often it was a woman in the seat behind you playing peekaboo or doing something making faces at this baby or even if it was at church just somewhere you knew someone behind you was engaging your child and for those first you know those few couple of minutes, a uh, few couple, those few minutes, you were just so appreciative to that person for for helping you out. Unencumbered and encumbered puts me in mind of somebody laden with cucumbers or, or divested of cucumbers. I don't know why. So I, just <laughs> as you've been speaking, while I've been listening intently, I've been looking up the etymology of encumber from the old French combre, C-O-M-B-R-E, river barrage. 
in Combre to block up, I guess to block up the river, it evolves into uh, causing trouble, entangling, burdening. What um what was the name of the of the store we're gonna open? The unencumbered mom. And you know what you you would sell cucumbers there because they would be the ones that women are would be putting on their eyes. Just having that would be a good name for a spa. The unencumbered mom. The un, the encumbered, the cucumbered. The cucumbered mother. <laughs> are you guys serious about this stuff? As a Rebecca Lobo set shot glass. You are the uh, still the the work encumbered mom. Not entirely unencumbered of employment, thankfully. Fortunately, yes. And um, what are you working on these days, Rebecca? January is always a a busy month um, for women's college basketball. And we're only a few days into January in 2021, but that's proven to be the case too. In January, I tend to be in studio for, I was in studio on Sunday for a triple header. um, And then I usually work a game or I'm in studio on Mondays and then work a game on Thursdays. Typically on Thursdays, it would be traveling somewhere to call the game. This year, we're actually calling the games from the Bristol studio. Uh, Ryan Rucco and I are both within driving distance. Holly Rowe will be doing them from her home in Florida, similar to how we did things during the WNBA. But uh, yeah, we had a triple header this past Sunday, which is three three consecutive games is actually kind of long to just be sitting there and watching. Um, and then we have a huge game. Though you encourage viewers to do that. Oh, yeah, of course. And and they, unlike us, they've got food and uh, drinks at their disposal. We, this past Sunday, we were in a new studio, and it was freezing. I've not been in this studio, this particular studio before. It was freezing. And usually there's one person um, who you know, the studio host or someone who is hot and, and likes it when it's really cold in the studio. But all three of us, Kelsey, who was hosting, Coach Landers and I, all freezing. We had blankets on our legs. When we weren't on the air, we had our winter coats wrapped around us. And so that was that was interesting because when I got home from, you know, three straight games and probably seven hours sitting in this freezing cold room, I just, it was one of those times when you just couldn't warm your body back up. But anyway, um, this Thursday tips off um, our big Thursday games, our Thursday showcase games. And at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, which is an interesting time, I don't know that I've ever started calling a game at 8.30 Eastern, um, we have UConn playing, uh, fourth or third-ranked UConn now playing at sixth-ranked Baylor. And um, it could be a really, really fun, fun, good game. I encourage people to uh, tune, on, tune in. It's on ESPN on Thursday. Uh, just speaking of that, and I'm not getting to viewer mail yet, um, Tim on Twitter says, I'm looking forward to the at Ball and Chain Pod Derby this evening. Of course, the Derby, as you know, is the English soccer speak for the, the big rivalry match, the uh, Arsenal versus Tottenham, Manchester United versus Liverpool, the Liverpool Derby, Liverpool versus Everton. The, the Ball and Chain Pod Derby is tonight, UConn men at Marquette. Oh, that's who the UConn men are that's, playing that's tonight. Right. I knew you they will, were playing. We, 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 you will not hear this podcast until that game has been played, but that game has not been played as we're saying this, so I can't look into the future and, and divine what, what has happened. What time is that game being played? Uh, it's at Marquette, so it's. Uh, I guess it's probably a 9 o'clock tip, no 8 good. o'clock so central. I don't know. i watch some of it. But, um, yeah, it's good, to have Mar- it's good to have UConn back in the Big East so that uh, the ball and chain derby is back on. Let's make a bet on this game that – Whoever wins the game. So if if Marquette wins the game, then you win the bet. On next week's podcast. And No, no. And next time we need 
stamps, I'll go to the post office and get them. And then if UConn wins tonight's game, then next time we need stamps, you'll go to the post office and get them without complaint, without even a comment. You'll just, I'll say we need stamps. And you'll just say, okay. And the next thing I know, there will be stamps. If if UConn wins, I will go to the post office carrying our 6'2", 16-year-old and our 6-foot, (laughs) 14-year-old in in baby car carriers. Both of them are just one, and you'll just be holding one on either hand. arm. I'll need it for balance. <laughs> okay, and um, and but you'll still come home with the stamps. Well, if I'm not if I'm not thrown out of there because <laughs> I'm going to have to wheel them in on the hospital beds. Okay, so that's a deal. That that is a deal, and okay. and and this this can, um, in in a very minor way, take take the place of your old UConn versus Notre Dame bets with. Uh, with Mike Golick, who, who uh, uh, just wrapped up his his stellar career at ESPN on New Year's Day, I think, with the Fiesta Bowl, who has of course changed our filters here and changed our lives in 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 the process. So, um, what, what were some of those? So you had he he I think he he lost all of them, didn't he? Yeah, he lost all of them. So one year I got to um, during the college bracket marathon show, I got to come in and, and paint his face blue and white, Yukon blue and white, and of course I wrote. And then he had to wear that for the rest of his radio slash TV show, and it said I think Lobo on his forehead, number fifty on his cheek. I may have accidentally while painting his face he may have been talking the, the brush may have gotten in his mouth so he may have eaten some of the paint um, it was a lead-based paint <laughs> yeah one year he had to uh dress as a yukon cheerleader um to fulfill the bet but i'll have to say this the last time through i lost the bet it was the only time i ever lost the bet i lost the bet um and the bet was i would have to dress up as the notre dame leprechaun and i would of course have fulfilled the bet this March, because we would make the bet one March and fulfill it the following year. Of course, I would have fulfilled the bet this year, gone on, worn the leprechaun outfit. But uh, do, do but he doesn't have lepre- his show at ESPN anymore. Do they have a six four leprechaun outfit? Is uh, yes, and you all I know that because you know that? after I had lost the bet, I did a um, Notre Dame game, and the leprechaun came up to me, and he was eye to eye with me, and he said, "This is the." costume that you will be borrowing um or maybe it was before i lost the bet he said like he knew about the bet right and he said this will be the costume you will be borrowing well so. we will uh, i'm sure continue seeing uh mike on the air and hearing him on the air seeing him presumably at bingo tents and and pancake diners in our area i hope um so perhaps perhaps you can still fulfill your end of it at yeah. some point yeah that, that i i hope that Leaving ESPN does not then mean that he and Chris will leave the state of Connecticut because that would be a loss for our area. Yeah, and certainly it will will provide us with a poorer Air circulatory yeah. health in our in our own house for sure. Having jumped the gun on viewer mail, should we should we get into viewer mail now? See what has come in the old mailbag of since course. we last checked in ages ago. Big bad hook, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, this is uh, to ballandchainpod at gmail.com, and it comes in from from uh, uh, co-authors of this email, Alfred and Elizabeth. Alfred and Elizabeth. Are these first-time 
I thought you were going to ask, are, are, are these English royalty? Sounds Alfred like it, doesn't it? And Elizabeth. Yes, it does. Hello, Rebecca and Steve. Elizabeth and I love your podcast. Thank you. That presumably is Alfred. Presumably. Or Elizabeth writing in the, in the third person. We don't know. Uh, Elizabeth and I love your podcast. We save it for Saturday mornings and listen to it during breakfast. I, parentheses Alfred, and he, he adds the parentheses, noticed that the podcast was not mentioned on your Wikipedia pages. So I took it upon myself to add a small section about it on both of your pages. I hope this does not offend you or overstep any bounds. If you want it removed or edited, just say the word. I will honor your requests. Also, any registered user can edit these pages. That's the power of Wiki. Uh, I have no objection whatsoever. And in fact, you have nothing but my my undying gratitude, Alfred, and and by extension, Elizabeth. Yes, thank you. I I, I haven't looked at my Wikipedia page, so I, I was unaware Ever? that <laughs> that ball and chain wasn't mentioned. But of course, it should be. Uh, I certainly haven't uh, looked at mine in many years, though. I trust. Does yours still say that you've wrestled a bear? At some point, uh, mine said that I I had wrestled a bear. That's how you know that uh, any registered user can edit these pages. Right. Because I've never wrestled a bear. Not even Bear Bryant. Not even a member or... of the 1985 Chicago Bears. You're looking at me like... Are, I was just waiting for what yeah. other ridiculous bear you were going to go well, <laughs> But keep up the good work. And works, writes uh, Alfred or possibly Elizabeth. We look forward every week to another episode. We value your take on events, sports, and family life. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to both of you. And thank and, you for the Wikipedia. And how about how sweet is that? On Saturday morning, while they're having their breakfast, they listen to our podcast together. That's very sweet. It is very sweet. It is very sweet. I, I, I they, they have a very different uh, marriage than ours because uh, at one point I read the Sunday New York Times in front of you at breakfast. I don't even think we were married at this point. And you were um, in a diner in New York and you were- um, We've had this conversation. We on went this podcast? to a diner in New York on a Sunday morning. You stopped at the newsstand the on West the Side way. The Westside Diner. You purchased the Sunday Times. You ordered your breakfast. And then you took out a section of the Sunday Times, opened it to where I couldn't see your face, you started which, reading. Which I thought would be an improvement. You started reading and never offered me any of the other sections. Well, and I, this was this is before like people were scrolling through everything on their cell phones. So I was just sat there to look at the back side of whatever section of the paper you were holding. It was extraordinarily rude. I'm sure it was something you did as a single person and and more power to you. It's not something you do, one, when you're sitting with somebody else, but when it's sort of a date, too. Those those who still read newspapers or who remember having read print newspapers, there's something about the pristine paper that had been unread. I know you weren't going to read the words off the pages of that section, but but just opening a crisp. Uh, so you intentionally did it so that I wouldn't decrisp the other <laughs> section of the paper? I mean, I still have no idea what was going through your brain at that moment. I, I, I know what was going through mine. I, I have to confess, I don't. I don't either. I also don't I, know what was going through your brain I have, that you ended up marrying. Me. I have since then thought back on that and thought, like, if I was giving advice to like one of our daughters, and and they asked, you know, what should I do if I go to breakfast and with a guy on sort of a date, and he. And, he's, and, he, and, he, paper, and he puts on the ball and chain podcast. And he, no, and he opens the paper. My only advice would be you get up and leave. He probably won't even see you because you'll be on the other side of the paper. Of course, you get up and you leave. I can't believe I didn't 
just get up and leave. Well, it was. It was uh, uh, it, anyway, it was one of your. It was one of the things that is just so you. It, it now a, that I know you, that it's, it, it was a litmus test. <laughs> well, was it? Would she get up and leave? In which case, it, more power to her. In which case, c'est la vie, or as my dad likes to say, c'est la guie, or, or will she stay? Yeah. Well, if I was watching this scene in a movie, and and if she stays, she stayed. If she stays, she has failed the test. And uh, if I was watching this scene in a movie and the woman stayed, I would think less of her. So it's I still look back on that as one of the mistakes I made in our early courtship. Well, (laughs) my my brain was so clouded at the time, as it is now, that that I thought uh, your your staying was was. the virtue. Anyway, is there another viewer mail? <laughs> there is. It comes from Myra, our resident BNC librarian. Oh, hi, Myra. I, I don't know if this is relevant to libraries or not, but l- let's see. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. In addition to the New York Times crossword, Rebecca was a clue in a seven little words puzzle last week. How's that for a brag? We should say, we, I, we didn't say this, on Christmas Day, you were seven down in the New York Times crossword. Uh, basketball Hall of Famer Rebecca, I believe, was the clue. And I got it got right it away. Right away? Yeah. Good for you. Since everything reminds me of something, your discussion a couple of weeks ago about the different tooth and denture-related products of the past brought back a memory from childhood. Crest has been shown to be an effective decay preventative. Let me start this over. This is in italics, so I assume this is quoting a commercial. Crest has been shown to be an effective decay preventive dentrifice that can be of significant value when used in a conscientiously applied program of oral hygiene and regular professional care. Hmm. Apparently, simple little jingles and slogans weren't enough for me since I memorized this from the back of the toothpaste tube. During our frequent extended family gatherings, I would show off by reciting it. <laughs> I remember thinking that everyone was so impressed that a little kid could do that. Now, in retrospect, they were probably wondering why a little kid would, would do that. I still remember it word for word, even though I hadn't thought about it since I was that little kid, which was a long time ago. But don't ask me if I remember what I had for lunch today. However, I do remember brushing my teeth today with, of course, Crest. And I just want to repeat this, Rebecca. Crest has been shown to be an effective decay preventive dentrifice that can be of significant value when used in a conscientiously applied program of oral hygiene and regular professional care. Now, imagine... You're, you're at somebody's house, and their eight-year-old comes down and recites that to you. I would love that. That would be impressive. I, I would be checking my teeth in the mirror. As far as, Rebecca, you being a, a clue in a seven-little-words puzzle last week, um, there is a, there is a um, she includes a photo. And this is an online app, a game on, a, on an iPad here or on her phone. And, it's, uh, and, and the clues are one who rescues six letters, like law and order episodes, nine letters, having authority over six letters, set up the DVR, perhaps seven letters. So perhaps that would be program, uh, traffic transgression, comma, say nine letters and seven letters, former WNBA star Lobo. Nice. How great would it have been if that morning that you were reading the newspaper at the diner, if you were doing the crossword puzzle and I was a clue. And then as you're like, you see that I'm the clue and you go to tell me, I'm no longer sitting across from you at the table. That's how it's going to play out in the um, in the movie version of our life. As the Dave Matthews band kicks in on the soundtrack, and I get up as the end credits roll. Or is, is the Dave Matthews band playing as the girl 
leaves the DMV in Cheshire. It, 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 in, in the movie, in my mind, these are consecutive scenes. Okay. Hello, guys. Hello, and thanks for reading my email, writes uh, Tina in New Jersey. You're welcome, Tina. Thank you for writing your email. I am behind in your podcast and only now catching up. I thought Brianna Stewart should have won the MVP award this year over Asia Wilson. If you look at the stats, it's very close, but Brianna played fewer games in minutes. Considering Wilson is a post player and plays mostly with her back to the basket, her rebounds and shooting percentage should have been much higher, but it wasn't. This is from Tina. This is not from me. Rebecca is a post player. I'm sure you will uh, come to... Uh, Ms. Wilson's defense? Not as a post player. I was one of the people who got to vote on MVP, and she got my well, vote. Can I can I stop you right there? Yes. Uh, Tina writes, I know it's been a while, but could you explain your thought process when you were making your decision to vote for Asia over Brianna? I wanted to ask uh, respectfully, did a Yukon bias play any part in your decision? Did you have any... Uh, it would be a reverse bias, I guess, in that case. Did you have any second thoughts after how Brianna played in the playoffs in their head-to-head -head game matchups in the finals? Uh, I feel a lot of the times UConn players, former and current, get the short end in awards because they always win. Thanks for your answers, and I very much enjoyed the last from the podcast. Thanks for doing it, Tina in New Jersey. Thank you, Tina. Rebecca. Well, see, this is the thing that's really interesting about WNBA award, awards in particular, is that timing plays such an important and significant part in voting because votes have to be in at the end of the regular season. So nothing in the playoffs plays into voting. And I remember, I don't remember the exact player, but I remember thinking like after the first couple rounds of the playoffs, how different a couple of the votes would have gone. I don't know if it was second team votes or what, if people had been able to wait until after the playoffs. So um, Asia Wilson had a phenomenal year and uh, the Vegas Aces barely um, finished number one with the, the number one seed. Um, Brianna Stewart did not play in their last game. Their last game was, I think, one of the last games of the season. Asia Wilson hit one of the game-winning shots near the end. Like, she had a f great year. And, and MVPs are awarded for the regular season. Yes. And Brianna Stewart had missed some time um, with injury um, or rest. But, yeah, so so – it was really, really close, and it's something that I labored over and a lot of people labored over when they were placing their votes. Well, then you get to the playoffs, and in particular, their head-to-head -head matchup in the finals. And I said this during one of the telecasts. I said, you know, Asia Wilson was the MVP this season. She got my vote as the MVP, but Brianna Stewart has been the best player on the floor the entire finals. And that was And they get the finals MVP true. as well, right? Separately. Yeah, and she got the finals MVP. She was phenomenal. And so that's the hard part about it. If, if, if we had voted after the finals, Brianna Stewart would have gotten my MVP. But that's not when the vote happens. And Asia Wilson was, was very deserving. And it's interesting, too, because if you just look at the votes, like it almost looked like Asia Wilson won in a landslide because of the number of number one votes she had. But like it was actually pretty close. Like a lot of people, I think, were like me and they really labored over which of those two players was going to get their MVP. Uh, Midge writes, please encourage all BNC listeners to get vaccinated when eligible. Tiny needle, small dose, and nobody in the Russian household will feel it. Wishing you all a peaceful and healthy 2021. And she encloses a picture of herself, I assume, getting vaccinated in a Dusan, D-U-S-O-N, Dusan strong t-shirt. And uh, Dusan, she writes, is Duke University's School of Nursing. Oh, good for her. So she's got the vaccine. My sister in Minnesota has gotten uh, the vaccine. 
because she's an ER doctor. So yes. she was in, are they doing it by tiers or like considered tier one? I, or? I don't know. But I don't know what tier we I are think of, in. I think of the uh, Rolling Stones, their first hit as tiers go by. And I don't know when we'll be eligible, but when we are eligible, we certainly will. You and I will. Our kids, I don't believe kids under um, 16 and under can get the vaccine, but you and I will once we're allowed. Right? Presumably me before you, since uh, yeah, this is uh, an age thing. They save the healthiest for last <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully... Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to get those. Where do, they, um, where do they see me carrying two teenagers into the post office? They'll they'll bump me <laughs> that's back true. in the in the tears. Michelle spelled uh, I, I think the conventional way, the most conventional way, writes. Happy New Year, Rebecca and Steve. I hope your family had a great holiday season. I'm your resident dog mom of five. This fact comes into play later in this email. I wanted to email and share that I bought my first Ravensburger puzzle about a month ago. Nice. You are absolutely right that they are great puzzles. I found the quality of the pieces superior to other puzzles. Well, that's that's why we, we, we're certainly not paid endorsers of, of the product. We just found that the puzzle pieces clicked in and held their structural integrity nicely. Yep. Am I wrong? No. Uh, attached is a picture of the completed puzzle. I will. I was. It was challenging because of so many of the dogs were because so many of the dogs were white or yellow. You will notice the dreaded missing pieces. Yes, plural. There ended up being five missing. I can't blame Ravensburger, but I can blame one of my dogs, Lexi. I did the puzzle on a folding table in the living room so I could watch TV while working. Well, while moving the table and assembling the puzzle, a few pieces dropped to the ground. One time I knew a piece was on the floor and thought I can pick it up later. I did notice Lexi at my feet partially under the table. When I went to pick up the piece, it was gone, and so was Lexi. We've been there and done that, obviously. And so was Lexi. Oh, but Lexi okay, had taken, just had left the room. She hadn't. Yeah, hadn't she gone hadn't, to the great beyond. Nah, presumably not. I hope not. Uh, a poisonous puzzle. Yeah. Uh, after I finished this puzzle, I moved to the kitchen table to assemble the next puzzle. This is this far too much moving and yeah. reassembling, don't you think? Uh, on my, during my holiday vacation, this table is bigger, and I wanted to avoid dropping puzzle pieces attached. Is a picture of Lexi. As you can see, she is patiently standing by my chair, waiting for a piece to drop. Uh, and there, there are in fact uh, uh, pictures of this: a completed, a non-completed puzzle of mm -hmm. puppies, nice, with uh, missing pieces where her own dogs have eaten. That's that's kind of a, it's a appropriate nice, puzzle for yeah, the dogs. To what eat. the kids would call canine cannibalism when they when they eat their 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 uh, dog chew toys. There are no dog chew toys, I guess. They're elephants and uh, other yeah. non-canine animals, right? I think so. Gail writes, Hello, Steve and Rebecca. I trust you had a fantastic new year, and Steve has returned the Christmas lights from the indoor Christmas tree to the outdoor bushes. I have not, I have not done that. I have had a fantastic new year, but I haven't returned the Christmas lights from the uh, outdoor bushes well, to no, the Well, no, because at first I have to take the ornaments off the tree, so that's on me. Soon the tree will be an outdoor tree. We'll, it will, we'll drag yeah. it to the, to the curb yep. like, a, like a drunk from a bar. Do you drag drunks from bars? Like Do a I? tree? Well, you know, there's always, there's always, I al you always drag a tree. You don't I always, drag a human. I always anthropomorphize the the tree when I'm when we're done with it. And I'm and I'm dragging it out the door to the curb, like get out of here. You, you turn bum. it into a person. <laughs> yeah, like like in the 1940s movie, being thrown out of a bar. Okay. Don't you? <laughs> no. 
Well, anyway, moving on. I would like to respectfully submit a screenshot for my iPhone alarm times, right, Scale? My alarms have morphed into school bells for my kindergartner and first graders' Zoom calls. Then there are, there are 8.29 a.m., 8.59 a.m., 9.59 a.m., 11.54 a.m., and on and on and on throughout the, throughout the school day. They end abruptly at 1.59 p.m. Uh, I would say we do a lot of learning around here, but as I type this, my kids are outside chasing and hitting each other on the head with lacrosse sticks. Don't worry, though. They are wearing baseball helmets. Uh, we, we'll just call this PE for the day and be glad they are spending time outside. It's a nice uh, uh, pastime, don't you think? Siblings whacking each other over, over the head with lacrosse sticks. Mm-hmm, I do. If they're wearing helmets. If they're not ours, yes. I'm interested in Rebecca's thoughts, writes Gail. On the cancellation of the Duke women's basketball season, if she has not already shared them on the pod, I hope you stay healthy and happy in 2021. Gail, same to you, Gail. Rebecca? Um, Well, I think the Duke women's team was the first Power 5 program, men's or women's, to um, decide not to play. Um, there they has, started the season. They did start the season. They they started the season 3-0. and Then they played Louisville and lost that game. And then immediately after that game, the Louisville program went on pause because of some COVID-positive tests. So then Duke, because of contact tracing, um, went on a pause. And then I think it was not too long after that, Duke um, had to pause because of positives within their program. And um, there hasn't been a lot of information about exactly why, although some of their players have tweeted that, you know, it was their decision to um, not play. And um, one of the reports I think Michelle Vopel had in one of her columns on ESPN.com was that they had heard that the players, the players at Duke were testing every day and they wanted their opponents to also test every day, but that's not what the ACC's protocol is. The ACC's protocol is to test, uh, do PCR tests three times per week. And I don't know how much that played into it, but um, I certainly do not fault or could never fault any of these programs, uh, players or coaches for deciding not to play in a pandemic, for deciding not to put um, their health on the line. Uh, of course, um, if there was going to be a year where you look at these players and say, um, you know, in sports, it's usually team first. Well, it needs to be health first and individual first, even if all that your teammates want to play. If you don't feel comfortable with that, with your own personal health, of course, you should opt to not play. So I am interested to learn more from um, people within the program if they choose to speak at some point uh, uh, more about their decisions. Um, and, and I think it's important, too, to keep in mind that when Kara Lawson got that job, I believe in July, she'd been an assistant with the Boston Celtics, and she was in the NBA bubble where they were getting tested every day, where it was a true bubble where people felt safe. And um, and to leave that environment uh, and to be in a situation where teams – your opponents are not testing every day or the environment is not a bubble like um, the NBA and WNBA were able to pull off, I would imagine had to be a little disconcerting. I haven't talked to Kara, so I don't know if that played any part of it. But um, but if it was me and I was coming right from the NBA or WNBA bubble to non-bubble competition, um, I would have to imagine it was a little bit jarring to see how different things were being done. Uh, Ralph did the Los Angeles Times crossword puzzle, and um, one clue was number crunching need, and the answer was input data. Steve, will you become apoplectic when you read this? Of course, I don't like the word input. input. Yeah, you made that very clear when I used that. What did I, I think I said inputted, but uh, but yes. But Do yeah, you remember but, no, that? It, it, I think that was it, actually the last it, podcast. It doesn't, it doesn't make me apoplectic. No. 
though I like that word. Um, but uh, but it, it, it remains not my favorite. But what I love about this email, Ralph writes, Happy New Year, Restiva. Happy New Year to you, Ralph. But Happy New Year, Restiva 1, all one word. I think he was probably trying to hit the exclamation mark instead of the one. But it says... Well, that sounds ha- like it would be a good password, Restiva 1. But but what it, what it tells me is either there's a Restiva 2 or Ralph is having planning to have us replaced and create oh, no. a Restiva 2. The Restiva... Restiva. Without the one is probably, there is actually a pharmacological aid. Isn't there a, a drug called Restiva? Didn't you look that up at one point? A pharmacological aid? <laughs> a pharmacological aid. <laughs> I was hoping aid. you were going to jump on that. Oh, of course. But right? So then, so if there is already a drug called uh, Restiva, then we are Restiva 1, you and I. No? And, it, it would Restiva 2 be an improved version of us, right? I don't know. Or maybe Restiva 2 would be an improved version of the pharmacological aid. <laughs> Restiva two, Restiva three, nuns on the run. <laughs> yes. Restiva nineteen, With the some pandemic. Break dancing yes. involved. Well, anyway, uh, I, I don't think I'll be around for Restiva two. Finally, we just have a couple more here. Uh, Andy in Connecticut writes: Happy New Year! On the most recent podcast, you read my email in which I detailed the tracking of a package we sent out to Missouri on November thirtieth, Connecticut to Kansas oh, City. Oh yes, I wonder if they've gotten it. That's the, I'm I'm in suspense. Connecticut to Kansas City, then to Arizona. I'm relieved to report the package, one book, was delivered in Missouri after a return visit to Kansas City the day after Christmas. I should... I should. Was uh, it a Christmas present? I don't remember that probably, part Probably, but, but I, yeah. I should say that in, we had a very... We didn't even mention this in the podcast. We had a very O. Henry-like uh, Christmas. You gave me a present. I gave you a present that was arriving December 29th, and you gave me a present that was rev- rev- arriving February 28th. So it, it was, it was, I, but I gave you mine first, feeling badly about it. And then I felt less bad when, when. But the difference is the, the gift that you gave me that arrived December 29th, you, you ordered like December 15th or something like that. The gift I gave no, you. No, I, I, I ordered it on the, uh, on the uh, promise that it would be delivered December 19th. But no, but when did you actually order it? That, that's neither here nor it there. It is for the point I'm about to make. In fact, because, the, the gift is neither here nor there. <laughs> because the gift I gave you that's coming at the end of February, I ordered back in the beginning of November. So the thought was there. The follow through is just lagging. Well, anyway, as, as Andy points out, he says, my intent was not to dump on the hardworking folks at the USPS. In fairness, sorting facilities and local post offices have had to deal with staffing shortages and a greatly increased volume of packages to deliver, all brought on by COVID-19 the pandemic. Although not optimal, we are satisfied with the outcome and will continue to use the USPS as will we. They've also had to deal with people walking into their facilities with a, with a, with a car seat under each arm and an oversized and soon they're going to have children. to be dealing with somebody walking in with a 6-2 and 6-foot child under their arm. On another subject, writes Andy, and there's been a buildup over the holidays, evidently, of burning questions for you, Rebecca, burning basketball questions. Uh, Rebecca, can you help to settle a question? The WNBA logo shows a silhouette of a player with her hair in a bun. To me, it looks like it could be Diana Taurasi, but my wife thinks it looks more like Elena Deladon. Or is it C, not representative of a real person at all? Can you lend any insight, Rebecca? Yes. Unlike the NBA logo, which they've always, I think always, admitted was based on Jerry West's silhouette. Yes. There, this is the third WNBA logo. It's We're coming on the 25th season of the WNBA, and we are, had three, I think it's just three logos. Part of their 25 and years, 25 logos initiative. Yeah, they've, they've never said if any of the logos were based on a particular player. They would say, you know... 
uh, variety or whatever, but they would never use a name like, but absolutely the bun looks like it could be Diana Taurasi. And in a number of the women who play now, um, D'Erica Hamby, who plays for the Vegas Aces, is one of them who wear their hair in a bun. They, they jokingly say that they're the logo. But no, the WNBA has never said yes. Maybe after Diana Taurasi retires, they'll just say, yeah, guys, it was Diana. But they haven't yet. Uh, lastly, Andy recommends a game he dis- card game he discovered over the holidays called Skyjo, S-K-Y-J-O. Um, it's easy, addictive, and I highly recommend giving it a try. We played a lot of games of, of Old Maid over the holidays. I wonder if Skyjo can be played with a 10-year-old because she's your, normally our, our card player. Finally, let's let uh, Dr. Gary Siegel have the last word. I wouldn't think of letting anyone else back clean up. Uh, Dr. Siegel uh, opens with a couple of news links, one to a story in the New York Times on uh, uh, the author who was a teenager during Johnny Carson's prime years found new enjoyment watching old Carson shows during COVID-19 and the pandemic. I read that article and I've I've experienced the same thing. Rebecca, you've endured me sometimes folding Carson? laundry to watching uh, while watching old Johnny Carson uh, monologues. I'd say you watch a few of them a week, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, or at least you have the TV on to, to that show a few times yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. And um, he also encloses a link to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who uh, has a story about a library uh, in which people who need neckties for job interviews or court appearances could simply borrow one for no fee, borrow a necktie. The librarian who apparently, the librarian, I guess that would be, who apparently had a large collection of ties would loan them out and not really worry if they were ever returned. The concept has spread to the legal library in the courthouse as well as other nearby branches, a library. I like that. That's kind of nice. But let's get down to business here with Dr. Siegel. He says, we have a favorite. We also have a favorite local post office where the folks are friendly, efficient, and make our trips as easy as possible. I've also enjoyed ordering from the USPS stamps online. Currently in my desk drawer are Arnold Palmer and Man on the Moon stamps, which replaced the Hot Wheels ones previously available. I, I believe I raised that with you when I was sent to get stamps. Can't you order stamps online? And you said no. I don't know if I said no, but my response to you right now, especially if you lose the bet, would be, can't you order stamps online? Well, well, I don't uh, care how you get them. <laughs> Just when you lose this bet, Touché. smack those Touché. stamps right down on my desk. I enjoyed your piano playing rates, Dr. Siegel. Thank you, Dr. Siegel. It was not meant for anybody's enjoyment. It was merely an exercise in masochism on, on my part and, and possibly sadism nice. for the listener. It sounded uh, nice. And perhaps you can make that a side hustle. Uh, I'd love to monetize that. I, I could sit at the bar and people could put bread in my jar, right? Uh, my older brother, who began piano lessons at age four, has an enjoyable side hustle of playing piano at weddings, Christmas parties, private dinners, bar and bat mitzvahs, etc. In addition to his law practice, in addition to his law practice during the pen, well, I would do that same thing, but without the law practice. So, so it so would be my main hustle. He passed the bar and then sits at the bar. He passes the bar. They put bread in his jar. Put bread in his jar. Yes. Uh, then when he goes into court, they say, "Man, what are you doing here?" <laughs> During the pandemic, he has posted to social media every few days a video of a themed song and has had a big following during the pandemic. For instance, on Independence Day, he played You're a Grand Old Flag. Uh, Dr. Siegel conveniently uh, uh, doesn't give us any information on how, to, on how to view his brother's piano playing. Mrs. Dr. Siegel is pictured below reading to the two granddaughters. She is in charge of the laundry and thus purchased the Alpha brand stacked baskets in our laundry room for our dirty clothes. E-L-F-A, Alpha brand stacked baskets in our, in our laundry room. Uh, on another laundry note, with respect to having your children do their own laundry, I should note that a cousin of ours meted out punishment to her two then-teenage daughters in terms of loads of laundry. The greater the transgression, the higher the number of loads. Thankfully, due mostly to their mother's fine work, they've grown into responsible citizens. Rebecca, 
How do you feel about I that? I wonder if they still see it doing laundry as punishment. And or if, if they've grown to enjoy the sort of monotony and it can be a soothing thing to do laundry. And, and I'm going to cross the room now while I go radio silent to show you uh, the photograph of the lovely Mrs. Dr. Siegel. I don't know if I can handle the unveiling of Dr. Siegel and Mrs. Dr. Siegel in a short period of time. Well, Miss, hello, Mrs. Mrs. Dr. Isn't Siegel. that how he always refers to of her? Of course, as Mrs. Ms. Dr. Siegel. Mrs. Dr. Siegel. Yeah, like I hadn't given as much thought into how Mrs. Dr. Gary Siegel would look as I had to the Lou Ol- Olson version of Dr. Gary Siegel, but I would not have pictured what she actually looks like. A lovely woman with her grandchildren here, and how cute are they in this picture? And an unencumbered mom, and now an happily encumbered Grandma. grandmother. And well, is it bad that as I look at this picture, then I zoom in on the um, on the liquor the, cabinet in the back to see what the seagulls like to enjoy when they're I'm, hanging out on Friday I, night? I, I, I'm sure we will find <laughs> out. And when 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 he's 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 uh, drinking. While listening to the podcast over breakfast, he's got he's got whatever he, he has back there. He mix it, it mixes it in with diet coke. That's not Coke Zero, but diet and maybe even caffeine free well, diet. Coke. With, with the grandkids, he may be at uh, at uh, Mrs. Doctor Siegel's son son's or daughter's uh, place. True, and his granddaughters. That this is we have seen them before, but gosh, they are so cute. Anyway. On Anywho, that adorable note. Tom, Dick, and Harry. The one-year-older Tom. And producer Denny Gallagher, who, we haven't, who we're no longer even sure exists in anything but hologram form. We haven't seen him in so long. Although I think I saw a picture of him on social media somewhere, and I think he has long hair, but it may have been an old photo. So at some point. Uh, uh, uh. When when COVID-19, the pandemic, when we've had the vaccines and we can once again get together, we will lay eyes on short or long-haired Denny Gallagher. Long-haired hippie Denny. Perhaps hippie Denny. I don't think he's gotten hippie. Like, I don't think he's put on weight in his lower <laughs> well, I think, region. I think, I think both both are possibilities during the pandemic. <laughs> but for Tom, Dick, Harry, and hippie Denny, and, and of course, all the members of the Dave Matthews Band, please, one of you. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. It's day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.